0: We want to Alan Schimmel of DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's chat actually features a company that just starting out here, but it's a, a guest who's has a rather long career in the tech space, as long as mine, even at some uh, at some point. So, but I'm sure I'm much older. Uh, anyway, I'd like to introduce you to Anshu Agarwal. And are you if I messed up your last name, I apologize. Was was that good?
1: Thank you, Alan. You said it perfectly right. Uh, thank you for having me today.
0: Thank you. Um, so are you know, let let's let's start off. I I I referenced that you've been in tech a while. Let's give people an idea of your personal journey that brings you here today. You know, even let's go back to Spadera and, and beyond if you'd like, but if you want to start with Spadera, that's fine. But let's give Let's give folks an idea
1: of, of who you are, what your background is. Sure, thank you. So I am a background I'm an engineer by background, and I moved into product management and marketing um, after I finished my uh, MBA. And uh, after that, I joined a startup and then the startup bug never left. So I joined Speedera, uh, which was, which got acquired by Akamai. Then I joined uh, uh, another startup, Ankina, which got acquired by Juniper. Another startup, Contact Stream got acquired by HP. And my most recent startup, Sadaxis, got acquired by Citrix. So I have been acquired four times. And all in all of those companies, I kind of delivered the success for other people's ideas because they were all successful startups, um, got acquired, and uh, they... Uh, by by very, very large companies. So they were they were indeed from valley standards. they were con- they are considered successful. But for myself, I had never really done a company of my own. So when I got the opportunity of just starting and being a founder uh, of a cloud infrastructure, because that's my background. I've been doing cloud infrastructure for the last fifteen to twenty years, um, there was no question that I wouldn't do it. And, uh, we got started on this company. The company name is Nimbella. And, uh, it is, um, it, it is in the serverless, uh, framework or serverless platform, uh, space. And, uh, we are kind of disrupting what serverless is, uh, so, or we are providing what serverless promises, serverless promises to the developers. So that's what we are working on now.
0: Excellent. You know, you're way too modest and humble because, you know, for many people listening, whether they're in the Valley or Boulder or Austin or New York or Boston or London or Bangalore or anywhere else in this world, having four startups that were acquired by companies like Akamai, HP, uh, uh, Citrix, and I forgot the fourth one, I apologize, uh, a lot of people would call that a career. Right. I mean, whether they founded the companies or not, just being associated with four companies that had successful exits to large companies like that is, is something to be proud of. And it, and it speaks volumes as to either you're really, really lucky or you're doing something right. Right. So uh, congratulations to you for that. So you mentioned them, Bella, and and I want to, uh, you know, kind of share with our audience up front that um, Inveller is. You have raised uh, some some uh, funds for the company, and there's a great startup. There's a great founders group involved. You mentioned, uh, I think someone uh, one of your one of your uh, cohorts from Spadera. I think there's two other founders in the group. But the the company sort of still uh, I don't want to say stealth, but pre-product, let's call it you know pre pre public product. So I I don't want to put you on the spot. I, I'd rather talk. I think if it's okay aren't you about some of the problems you see, and potential solutions that we see. You know we we live in a great time for developers and engineers. Is you know we we internet time right? We've gone from servers to hypervisors to containers, you now serverless, and serverless seems to be all the rage. But like any tech new technology, it's not it, it's not birthed mature, right? It doesn't come out mature. It doesn't start mature. And and so there there's gonna be growing pains. But can you share with our audience a little bit about what you see as some of the growing pains around serverless or what you're hearing? From people around that?
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for this is a great question. Because um, it is definitely the best best thing that's happening for developers. The reason I say that is because what developers really want is to develop their business logic or develop the code and not worry about the infrastructure. And serverless promises all about that, that you don't have to worry about the infrastructure. You don't have to worry about how it scales, how it is secured. Anything that, uh, that requires the knowledge of the infrastructure should not be a developer's worry. But in today's serverless frameworks, and there are a few serverless frameworks, and some are very popular ones, there is so much complexity still for the developers because they have to combine many services. And, for instance, they have to think about storage, they have to think about identity management, and they have to learn all these services and integrate. Not only that, the management and debugging is uh, still an issue. And these are growing pains, as you mentioned. The serverless computing is still in a nascent stage, and therefore it's lacking all the abstractions that are needed Uh, for for the adoption to accelerate into new markets and application domains. Not only that, serverless today, if you look at it, is used only for stateless applications. So you'll see it in IoT applications. You'll see it in reactive kind of applications only. It is not suited for long-running or stateful workloads. The reason being is because serverless today is serverless compute. It is not serverless storage. So that's another problem. Um, we may consider it as a problem or we may consider it as the limited adoption of the technology, but that's something we have to address if we want to want this to be adopted in general across all workloads.
0: Absolutely. We then, may also uh, consider it as an opportunity, right? I
1: mean Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we are doing. And I'm going to talk about Nimbella on how Nimbella is addressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the another another important aspect of serverless today is, like any new technology development, there is serious render lock-in because if you are uh, using Amazon AWS's uh, Lambda serverless framework, you are programming to the nuts and bolts of Lambda. If you are um, using Google, you are programming to uh, GCP and so it is is with Microsoft Azure. So in a sense you are programming to proprietary frameworks and therefore your your code is not cloud portable. So tomorrow if your company decides that no, we are going to move from AWS to Google, you've got to rewrite the whole thing again. So that is actually against the serverless promise. And therefore vendor lock-in is very real, especially for the companies actually that choose not to go to public cloud because they have they are part of regulated industry or whatever have may they they want something to be running in their own private cloud these these uh, serverless frameworks are not an option for them and then say you were able to write code for all different frameworks but then the complexity of operations is there because you can't Monitor and observe at each level, since these are proprietary frameworks across these clouds. So there are there are serious issues for widespread adoption, and that's where we come in. That's where that's the opportunity we looked at when we decided to create this company. Is we want to create um, a platform a framework that is providing all the necessary abstractions. So the developer is not to worry about, you know, how the infrastructure works, how to scale the code, how to secure the code. The code is just their business logic that they write. Then it is also suited for long-running, stateful streaming workloads and such as uh, AI ML workloads. I mean, we have a greater adoption of AI happening in every industry. If we are not going to be able to handle AI workloads, we are missing a market, a big market. And that those are real, real problems. And we are addressing it with Nimbella. those are technical problems. Then there are operational uh, issues where you want cloud portability. So we are also addressing that part because we are providing a layer of abstraction and it's open core based. So a developer can program the way they program their business logic and not worry about which cloud they are writing.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So again, I, I don't want, let's don't want to be uncomfortable or make you uncomfortable with what we're going to talk about, but um, you know, I was recently, I was at KubeCon out in Seattle last month. seems like a year ago, but it was only last month. And um uh, Surprisingly or not surprisingly, serverless seem to be on everyone's lips, right? And you may, and, and maybe some people listening to this are saying, wait a second, Kubernetes is for containers and, you know, containers can run on bare metal, yeah, but they run on VMware or hypervisor as well. They run, You know, is, what do you think the role of Kubernetes is in the serverless future, Sure.
1: So, Kubernetes is Kubernetes is a great technology. I, I really I really think it has great future. and serverless frameworks use Kubernetes or something else like that. And um we were also at KubeCon. This was actually our first conference as a Nimbella person attending uh, one of our one of my co-founders uh, who actually uh, is the creator of um, open Risk Apache. A serverless framework. He attended it, and uh, he mentioned the same thing that you mentioned—that serverless was on everybody's slide deck. Okay, it is. It is something everybody is looking at. It is something everybody is um, kind of—they have it on their roadmap that they want to work on it. They want to look at it and make sure and see if it works for their um, for their environment. And Kubernetes is perfect, actually. It provides the platform needed because it is widely accepted these days, uh, and uh, it provides the necessary environment. But again, it should not be the burden of a developer to, uh, to know how to run work with Kubernetes. It should be the infrastructure uh, serverless framework that provides that To the to 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 the uh, to the developer and the developer is still only programming the logic. Um, It's not uh, it's not for the developer to worry on what um, what environment what container environment they are um, working on and uh, uh, what VMs are being used and what bare metal is being used. That's all abstracted away for the developer. Got it.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. So. You know, there, there, I'm sure there are people listening to us today who are thinking to themselves, you know, this woman has been in four startups and, and had tremendous success. Um, and now, and now, Anshu, you, you, you know, you're, 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 you're a CEO, right, of, 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 of Listen, and your co-founder. That is correct. Right. And there's, I'm hoping there's a whole bunch of women engineers out here or women entrepreneurs who are listening to you saying, hey, if she can do it, I can do it. you? And we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to address those folks. They're, they're near and dear to me for a lot of reasons. What's your advice to them?
1: Absolutely. If I can do it, they can do it. That is, that is a very true statement. And um, I'm, i I... I mean, um, you said some great words about me, but I consider myself average successful person uh, and yes, I have been lucky that my the four companies I worked for had great exits, uh, but being a founder and CEO is still very different from what I did for the other companies before, so basically, when you are part of the company, other companies, you You're not bothered by operational aspects of the company. You're not bothered by hiring for every uh, possible function in the company. So the skill sets that I'm developing now, there is no other experience that could have taught me that. So (laughs) even though I say everybody can do it and anybody can do it, but they still have to learn the art of running a company on the job. It just there is no course, there is no um, there, there, there is no education. That can be given because you have to experience it. So, to all the women engineers that are listening, I would say, if I can do it, you can do it. You just have to just get into it. You just have to dive into it, and it will come to you. You will develop your um, advisors. You will develop the people who help you all the way because you won't have all the skill sets, but you will know who to get go to for what skill set as you take that role.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, women or not women, entrepreneurs. I I've also founded and, and helped start my fair share of companies. I I find I don't know if it's courage or just pure uh, moxie, if you will. Right, you just put one foot in front of the other, right, and you, and you just keep moving forward, and and. You can't boil the ocean, right? But you can, these things are incremental, right? They're evolutionary.
1: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. These are such an incremental thing. And you may be not finding the best solution, but you're optimizing your solution at every step. Because you're trying to handle so many things, and if you wait for the best solution to arrive, it may be too late. So you're kind of optimizing the solution for whatever issue or whatever problem you're handling and you move on with that and it just only time will tell how successful i am in the role but this is my experience six months into this company six or seven months into this company and uh i'm still learning the art
0: absolutely it is so what do you short-term future where um where can we find out more on on Nimbolous and and you know when when will we find out more? Do
1: you think? Oh, absolutely. So there is a there there is some information on our website. Very little information, I would say, uh, but it gives you a flavor of what we are doing. Um, then uh, in Q1 uh, this quarter, we are going to be releasing. Our developer pre- playground which uh, is actually um, because the buyer of, uh, of serverless technology is a developer and developer experience is the most important thing a developer has to feel one with the programming experience and that's that's the true serverless promise and we want to deliver on that promise so in Q1 we are going to release that and in later quarter in Q2 um, since I have mentioned private cloud and hybrid cloud, there would be offering for private cloud in Q2. So, um, as uh, as this quarter progresses, we are going to populate the website more with the content, and we are going to host more uh, more meetings like this and uh, make it available to the developer community community in general. Uh, our solution, and uh, then later on for enterprise tech.
0: Great, 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 great. Um, I'm sure when we started, I said, these are only about 15 minutes. It's going to go so quick, you won't believe it. If I told you we're closer to 20 minutes already, you'd probably say, oh, my, but we are. And we're going to need to call a, an end to this to this DevOps chat. You know what? It sounds like there's a lot going on here, and uh, maybe we can have you back on. You know?
1: Oh, so that would be great, forward. Alan. I, oh, I really hope we can get... Yeah? I really, I really hope we can get back when we have a developer playground because I'd love to talk more about it.
0: I promise you we will. Thank you. We will. Thank you. Uh, our guest here on this DevOps chat, this is Alan Schimmel, and you just listened to another chat.